At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. I'm, I'm ending my series on entitled, What's Next? And I want to say this regarding, regarding the, the deaths, the murders, the assassinations, literally, the, the, the murders of the, of the children and the teachers about an hour and 45 minutes from here in Uvalde, Texas, this past week. Um, an atrocity. Something that should not have happened. Those little children's lives being taken should not have happened. And I'm telling you today that there's a real enemy, and that's where our focus has to be, is on the real enemy. Can you say amen to that? And <clears throat> something that I do every day, and I encourage you to do every day, and not only where these murders are concerned, but many other senseless deaths and things that have happened even in this year, just this year. But in the past, and I mean, it's gone on for 6,000 plus years, senseless deaths and murders and things that have happened, you know, in, in our society. But we're talking about today. Can you say amen? And I declare today that principalities and powers, rulers of the darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places are rendered powerless and ineffective. Powerless and ineffective today. Where the city of Uvalde is concerned, where Kerr County is concerned, all the surrounding counties, where the state of Texas is concerned, where the United States of America is concerned, where all the schoolhouses, all the public forums, all, all, the, all the businesses and where people go and, and, and especially where there's a, a large gathering of people like employees and those kind of things, we declare that those wicked forces are defeated and they have no right to prevail. And I'm saying to you today, you and I as the church, we have to believe we have the authority to declare those things and have the right to claim those things. We have to believe that. Not just something we're throwing out there hoping it's going to work. And something like what's happened in Uvalde has happened so close to home makes me dig in deeper. I'm not settling for it. I'm not settling for that. My heart, compassion, everything goes out to those families of the students and the teachers. But I will not. I will not. I'm just saying myself. I'm saying. We all have to say it. It's not just about me, I'm, but I'm saying, and I believe this, we will not tolerate this. Not in our land. Not in our nation. Not in our state. Our counties around here, we're not tolerating that. In the name of Jesus. How many believe it? You have to believe it. Colossians 1 and 27 says that the church is the hope of the nation. It's the church, you and I, around the world, embracing 
who He is, what He said is so, and enforcing that in the earth. That's the hope of the nations. Nothing else. Can you say amen to that? Well, 35 days ago, Jesus was raised from the dead. Our celebration of that resurrection. 35 days ago today, Jesus was raised from the dead over 2,000 years ago in our celebration. If it happened on that actual day, I'm just making the point of what I've been telling you each Sunday. I've reminded you of how many days it had been since his resurrection. He'd been with them 35 days. He's still with them. Because Acts chapter 1 says he was with them for 40 days until he ascended upon high. So today marks the 35th day, and we're going to fast forward to the 40th day, and I want to leave you with some things, and I want to pray for you, and I want to release you in the commission that he left us to operate in today. Can you say amen? Matthew chapter 28, starting with verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Still, right now it's been 39, 40 days. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given unto me in heaven and in earth. All authority. Everybody say all. Go, therefore, go, therefore, and make disciples in, in their authority or his authority. His authority. Because Ephesians 1 says all authority was given to him, and he gave it to the church, which is his body. Now, we are the body of Jesus Christ in the earth. We are the church, and we are the ones to carry out what he left us to carry out. He did, he started it, and he gave it to us, and he said, the same spirit that was in me, I'm leaving with you. He's the second helper. I'm giving him to you, and now you're going to be able to do what I did. And even greater. And they worshipped him, and some doubted. And Jesus came, and he spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. This was not the great suggestion. This was the great commission. I'm going to say it again. It was not the great suggestion. Well, you know, if you've got nothing else to do, no. He said, everybody, go. Everybody, go. Can you say amen to that? I want to make this point, and <clears throat> this is kind of a difference breaker for some people, but I can't ever get away from this, what I'm fixing to say to you right here, about this passage of Scripture. Jesus was not talking about baptizing people in water in this passage of Scripture. The word baptize there means to immerse. And he said, he, you know, we have, through the years, Christianity, the religious world, has made, has made many issues out of how people baptize in water. Do you baptize people in the name of Jesus in water? 
Do you baptize people in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, like it says right here? But you have to determine here, was Jesus saying, go into all the world and make disciples and make sure they all get water baptized? It's not what he was saying. He was saying, make sure they get immersed in the revelation of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Because when a person gets immersed in who Father is, who the Son truly is, who the Holy Spirit really is, you can make a difference and you can make disciples of Jesus, not disciples of you. When you know who He is, and then we can baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, but who are we baptizing people into in water? We're baptizing them into the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're not going to make some major issue over which three of the names or all three that we're going to use when we water baptize. So I've baptized people, and everybody that's been baptized here, you know, I baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. We got it all covered. <laughs> and I'm not making light of it. I, I literally have, I was standing on a street corner in Mission, Texas, in sometime in the 1980s, and I was watching three different people, literally, about go to fist over how you baptize in water. Literally. And I was thinking, I will never get caught in that mess. If Jesus was baptized, then we need to be baptized. Can you say amen? And we need to be baptized into the revelation of the fact that he died, he did what he did, and he rose again, and now he sits at the right hand of the Father, and in all authority and dominion and power, he is represented there, and he's given it to us so we can be effective at what we do. That's what it's all about. That's where our focus has to be. Another account of the Great Commission in a, in a lot of different ways in a lot of different words added to this great commission is found in Mark 16 and verse 15, starting in verse 15. And he said to them, this is right at the end, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Notice what Mark said right there. He said, those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and baptized, you get born again, you need to be baptized. Amen? That's what, that was part of the Great Commission. It wasn't just to go and just make sure everybody got water baptized. Because that's out of context to what Matthew is actually saying. Immerse them in the revelation of who Father, Son, and Holy Ghost is. Mark's saying here the same thing, but he's giving it in better detail. You have to believe and be baptized, he said. Believe and be baptized. Ooh, where did I go? You'll be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven. He sat down at the right hand of, of God 
and he went out and he preached everywhere the Lord working with them and confirming the word with accompanying signs. That was the ministry of Jesus. Why? Because Jesus did everything that Father said and everything he did worked. And now he said, now you go in my name and you do it in my name and it'll work for you just like it worked for me. That's what we have to embrace and that's what, that is what's next in the church's life right now. That was what was next after the day of Pentecost when they received the Holy Spirit and the whole process started. That's where the church began from the day of Pentecost on. But for you and I today, what's next for us is to believe this in a greater way than we ever have before. I know what I believe today, but I'm pressing in even more. I know what happened last week. And I'm praying, doing everything, even finding out, is there anything we can do for the families? Is, you know, I mean, there's all kinds of things that are being given in the natural to the families of that, and it should be that way. Can we do anything? Or we'll wait a while and see, is there any ministry that needs to be for the family? Can we help in any way? We need to do whatever we need to do, but we need to stop this from happening. And the real enemy... is the enemy. The principalities, the powers, the rulers of the darkness, the spiritual wickedness in high places. They're the enemy. Acts chapter 10. Verse 34, it says, And Peter opened his mouth and he said, In a truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality but in every nation, I don't care what nation you're from, I don't care the color of your skin, I don't care what your background is, anything else, God is no respecter of person. There's actually only two groups of people in the world. There's only, there's only two races of people in the world when you think of, in, in, when you think of it in God's kingdom. There's those who are saved and those who aren't, and those who aren't saved are supposed to be. Because God didn't create anybody to live in hell for eternity. Nobody. People go there, it's their choice. But God's a faithful God. Can you say amen? And He makes sure people know who He is, gives them every opportunity. They choose not to, that's their choice. But his desire is everybody be saved. <laughs> I mean, I've met people in the church world. Well, you know, those people, I don't know. What do you mean those people? We're all people, right? We're all made with the same amount of dirt and water. Some people's dirt's a little lighter than others. Some people a little darker than others. But you're just made up of dirt and water. Did you hear me? Everybody say, I'm dirt. And I'm water. That doesn't sound real impressive when you think you're all that. Huh? We're just a bunch of dirt and water. That's it. And he said here, whatever nation, 
Whoever fears Him and works righteousness is accepted by Him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, He is Lord of all. That word you know which was proclaimed throughout all of Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. And this is what it was preached. And this is what is next for you and I in a greater way than it's ever been before. This is what was preached. And God's no respecter of person. It was for that day. It was for Jesus. It was for the early church. And it's for the church today. And this is it. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil because he was the Son of God. No, because God was with him. How many in here today, God is with you? Okay, so he's talking about you because he's no respecter of person. I don't care what your education is. I don't get none of it. None of it matters. All that matters is, do you believe that you're one of those qualified ones to carry on from where Jesus left off? That's it. And I'm telling you, that's what's next for the church. Going about doing good and seeing doing whatever you can to see all people healed of any kind of disease, any kind of natural circumstance, situation in their mind, their body, in their will, in their emotions from their past, whatever it is, you doing whatever you can through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the revelation of the Word of God, helping people in every situation. That's what you're called to do. That was the great, not suggestion, the great commission. That's what he called us to do. Can you say amen? John 14, all through, all through John 14, 15, 16, he, kept, he was getting close to the end, and he kept telling his disciples, you know, listen, I'm not going to be here forever. It's going to profit you that I go away. But you've got to get this. You've got to understand that. That's why he was there for 40 days after his, his resurrection. He didn't just leave. He wanted to make sure that they got it. Man, after the day of Pentecost, you think they got it? Man, some amazing things, you know. But within a couple of weeks, 5,000 were added to the church in the midst of all the persecution. And it, and it got worse and worse and worse. But more and more and more people were added to the church because they believed. Can you say amen? John 14 and verse 12. Most assuredly, I say to you, He's telling his disciples. He's saying it to us today. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. And we know he's already gone. And whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. You ask anything in my name, I'll do it. You remember, the precursor to that is that you have to follow in Jesus' footsteps, and he never did anything except what he heard and received from Father. So when we say we can ask anything, you can only ask what Father says you can ask for. And that's why you have to develop a relationship with him so you know what Father wants for you. So many people 
and we've all done it at different times, get busy asking for things that Father never said you could have. Just look good, sounded good, they got it, well, I want it. No, no. You have to stay with the Word. While, while, uh, just a thought that came to me. A while back, I was, somebody was talking to me about things in their life and some issues were going on and, and troubles and a lot of past troubles and those kind of things. And I, and I told this person, I said, I said, what word are you listening to in your life? Where are you, where are you going to church and hearing the word taught? He said, well, I'm, I'm really not. He said, I, I go every, you know, Christmas and, and, and Easter, you know. And I, I said, well, what if you only ate at Christmas and Easter? He said, what do you mean? I said, what, what if the only time you ate a meal was at Christmas and Easter? Do you think you'd be alive? He goes, no. I said, well, you're not going to function spiritually and in the way in life you need to function if you're not in the Word and spending time in it. Because you, it just, it just it evolves, it develops, and it happens, and it changes your life, and you don't even realize it's changing your life until your life is changed. And it's not just sitting in any church. they got to be preaching the Word. Not reading sweet stories out of the Reader's Digest. And you know, you can have an example of a story from Reader's Digest. I've had one before or several. But if you're not preaching the Word, people can't get free. People need to hear. You need to hear me reading these Scriptures. That's why I read so much Scripture. You need to hear me reading it, and then you need to be able to go take what I've talked about, even go back and listen to the messages, you know, as we make them available to you. You go back and listen to the messages and go back and hear what was really said and what the Holy Spirit's really trying to get over to you. It's vital. And if we ever lose that, you ever lose that. Or if it never gets started in your life, you'll never know God. It's the only way to know God. The only way to understand math, you, you, you can't understand math by reading a history book. Right? You're never going to understand God if you're not receiving wisdom and understanding and revelation that is coming from the Word, His Word, revealed by the Holy Spirit. You'll never know God. You can hear messages preached. You got an idea. Yeah, you know, I heard that one time. I can tell me how many people I've talked to at different times. Yeah, you know, we, we, used to, we used to look at that. We used to talk about that kind of stuff years ago. Okay, well, what's years ago? What about today? Everything that you hear preached that is really going to affect your life is really elementary. It's the deep things that you got to watch out for. Because the deep things will lead you astray. But it's the simple things. Developing your life of faith in God and trust in God and everything that that takes. You spend time in that, you make it real to you, and then you find yourself doing the things that he wants you to do, that he left you to do. He said, the works that I did, you'll do, and even greater works because now I've gone to the Father. Now you have the authority I had, and you can do exactly what I did. I mean, did he just say that? Or he didn't say that? You've got, you got to decide in your life whether you believe he said that or not. 
Or is that Pastor Bert twisting the scriptures? Well, if that one bothers you, watch this one. A little bit farther down in John 14, starting with verse 25. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So the Holy Spirit, if you spend time in the Word, if you come and you hear the Word taught, if you're hearing the Word in the right place that's teaching you this, then the Holy Spirit will reveal to you what you really need to get out of those verses of Scripture. I'm not the true teacher. In, in, the, natural, in the natural basis, I'm not even really a really good teacher. <laughs> in the natural but in the spiritual, because I'm called, I have the anointing to deliver the word in a way that will set people free. And, man, I believe that more than I believe in me being educated to do that. And I'm constantly working on my delivery process because sometimes you can deliver things, use the wrong words, say things in a negative way, and it affects people. And I don't want to affect people in my delivery. So I make myself better all the time. But first and foremost, I'm called. Amen? And the word that I believe that I'm bringing is a word that the Holy Spirit can reveal to you and show you what is really real. He said, peace I leave with you, my peace, he said, I give to you. Not as the world gives. There's always strings attached to the peace of the world. But he said, I'm giving you my peace. Jesus said that, his peace. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have heard me say to you, I am going away and coming back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice because I said, I am going to the Father, for my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it comes that when it does come to pass, you may believe. That's why he stayed with them for these 40 days, to help them make sure that they were believing this. I will, I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me. And I've ministered a whole message on that, and I'm not going to stop with that, because I'm going to end here in just a moment. But when you get born again, when you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, when you begin to understand the person of the Holy Spirit, he's not, a, he's not a he, an it, a thing. I mean, he's not an it or a thing. He's a he. And when you understand him as a person revealing truth to you, that we just read what his job is, is to reveal all truth. When you understand that, then you come to a place where you begin to believe. And when you begin to believe, then, as Jesus said, the enemy has nothing in me we begin to realize, wait a minute, he used to have this on me. He used to have that on me. He used to could say this about me. He used to could say that. But the more we get renewed, I, I say it over myself every day. The devil has nothing in me, nothing on me, nothing to use against my life. I mean, there's still things in all of our lives that try to crop up and pass thoughts and ideas, but I declare every day, the devil has nothing in me. God wants you and I rid of our past so we can live today and in the future and be the anointed ones that he called us to be. Not the anointed one, the anointed ones following in his footsteps.
doing the works that he did and even greater works. Now watch this verse, John 6, 63. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. That's Jesus saying that. The Apostle Paul said the flesh profits a little. <laughs> but the more I walk, I'm realizing, wait, 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 wait. He said the flesh profits nothing. And what I think he means here is this. If you're not understanding the things of the Spirit, what you're doing in the flesh is profiting you nothing. That's what I think he means. He didn't mean don't take care of your body, don't do this, you know, don't do things that you should do in the natural. He's saying don't put the cart before the horse. Flesh can't be first. Spirit first, then the flesh. He said the flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are what? They're spirit and life. Spirit and life words. Words you and I need to be speaking every day of our life, spirit and life. Things we hear from him, he shows us to say on a day-to-day basis, and we declare those things every day and don't back off from it. That's where the strength comes. That's what our part is. And this is what happens. This is what happens. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to end with these last two verses of Scripture. <clears throat> well, actually, last three verses of Scripture. And two of them are found in Psalm 103 and verse 19. Starting with verse 19. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. I'm going to say it again. Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, Heeding the voice of his word. I won't go back and look at it now, but in Hebrews 1, it says that the angels of God were sent here to minister on behalf of those who are heirs of salvation. So when you become a believer, you become baptized in the Holy Ghost, you become one who is developing himself so he can carry out and carry on what Jesus left us to carry on with, then it's not just you working. Now, When you believe in the word that you speak on a day-to-day basis, the angels of the Lord are taking that word and doing it and constantly heeding to the voice of the word of God. Did he say, did it say here that that the angels are only heeding to the the voice of just God speaking it? Listen to me. When you're speaking God's word and you're believing it, it's like God speaking it. Right? So, so when I'm speaking the Word of God, it's not just me trying to see something come to pass. We've got angels of God out there that are working on our behalf, heeding to the voice of the Word, and make sure they're making sure the Word is getting done. Can you say amen to that? And the last verse I'm going to read to you is Proverbs 20 and verse 15. <clears throat> I want us to all look at this together. Proverbs 20 and verse 15 in the Passion Translation. Do we have that or did I not give you that? I'm going to read it. I don't think I gave that to him. Um, Proverbs 20 and verse 15 in the Passion. You may have an abundance of wealth, 
piles of gold and jewels. But there is something of far greater worth. Speaking revelation, words of knowledge. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Figuratively. Spend time meditating on that right there. Because that kind of helps summarize some of the things that we've just said this morning. And we have to speak the Word of God. We have to give voice to the Word so that the angels of God have an assignment. The angels of God need assignments. And they heed the voice of the Word And when the Word of God is coming out of our mouths, their job is to make sure that comes to pass. Mm, 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 mm. And they prepare the way for you. How many in here, if you're going to go somewhere, you're going on a trip, how many in here, you pray Psalm 91 about the angels of God over your trip? How how many do that? Just, just, Just asking. Okay. Why? Because we've done that every trip. I mean, you know, sometimes we'll pray that when we're driving to the grocery store. You know, or whatever, just, just whatever you're hearing from God. But every, every time we go on a trip, Father, I thank you that the angels of God go before us, prepare our way. They protect us all along the way. <clears throat> Lord, they're heeding to the voice of the word I'm speaking even now and, and the word I speak every day. And they're making sure that word in our trip is coming to pass. They bear us up in their hands as anything would try to come against us in any way, shape, or form, and we are protected. When you send your children to school, that needs to be spoken over them every single day. I speak over all the children in Kerrville, Kerr County, and all the surrounding counties around Kerrville. I need to stretch that even farther, but I pray for them every single day on purpose because that gives angels the assignment to go make sure that they're protected and things don't happen like what happened in Uvalde. I'm not here to answer and say why. I'm not here to blame anybody. I'm not here, whatever. I'm where they're concerned. My heart of compassion is for them. Can you say amen? And praying for them and believing for them to be, you know, for, for God said when there's something horrible that happens, he'll turn that thing to make it good. I don't know how that can happen, but, it, but he, he's God. Can you say amen? And that's what we need to be praying and believing for. but where the angels and their assignment are concerned, it's your words that cause things to get to the future. That it's the words we speak get to the future first. When angels are working on your behalf, your words get to the future first before other things do. Please don't forget that. And it prepares the way for everything that you do. When your words go out there on a day-to-day basis, the angels have an assignment to make sure that those words are preparing the way and that your words are getting there before anything else can get there. When I say your words, your words that are God's word. 
Today we believe that. Can you say amen? <clears throat> the Bible, this is an iPad, but I have the Bible in this iPad. But this iPad has never woken me up. It's woken me up to get up if I've set the alarm to it. But this iPad has never woken me up to speak the word to me. Well, I'm going to back up from that. iPad can do a lot of stuff. <laughs> so you could program it to do that. I'm going to take, uh, can, can I see your Bible right there? So this, that's all right, I'll just hold it like I'm not going to open it. <laughs> um, this has never spoken anything to me. I have to speak it. I've, I've got these in my office, at my house, got them everywhere. And not one of them have ever jumped off the shelf, like maybe in a Disney movie, and started speaking the Word of God. I have to speak it. Every day, in every situation. I mean, this is, this, the, the difference in this and the Webster's Dictionary, this has the potential to produce life. Did you hear what I said? This book itself is not life itself if the pages don't become alive. Yeah, it's, it's life. It has the potential for life, but it takes the individual to do something with it. Amen? Thank you. We have to do something with it. We have to speak it. We have to be faithful to it. Amen? And that's all part of the great commission of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's what he commissioned us to do, to preach the word, go and make disciples, immerse people in the revelation of who Father, Son, and Holy Ghost are, so that everybody can pick up the mantle and go forward. So, in this last message that I'm ministering on what's next, what's next for you and I is plain and simple, the ministry of Jesus, like we've never seen it before in our lives. How many can say amen to that? I'm saying to you again, what's next in your and my life is the ministry of Jesus flowing through us individually. No more just me. No more, you know, kind of and sometimes not or whatever. Whatever it could be in any of, any of our lives. The ministry of Jesus. The world is waiting for it. How many can say yes and amen to that? If you believe that and you want to be prayed for, I'm not going to have you come up here today. But if you want to be prayed for, stand to your feet. If you say that's me in a greater way than I, what I've ever known in my life before the ministry of Jesus, and seeing the release of that in your life, stand to your feet. Just do it if you believe that. <clears throat> there's, not a, there's, there's, there's not a person in here that doesn't need more of the things of God or the ministry of Jesus. Not anybody. But you've got to believe that, and so stand to your feet if you believe that today in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Heavenly Father, today. In the name of Jesus. Just... 
however you can position your hands or whatever you need to do to be receiving from him, just close your eyes and just receive this from him today. Lord, as I said earlier, you didn't write in your scriptures, you didn't write in scripture that what you left us, you left humanity to do when Jesus left was a suggestion, something that we maybe you'll do or maybe not do. It's something that you commissioned us to do. It's a, it's a command. It's the great commission. It's the great releasing and the transferring of the anointing from the person Jesus to each and every one of us individually through the person of the Holy Spirit. Today, Father, we receive that commission. When he left here over 2,000 years ago, on that 40th day, He rose from the earth. He, re- he had resurrected 40 days earlier, but on this day that we're talking about today, He ascended upon high. He sat down at your right hand, and Jesus said, it's finished. Everything that we will ever need in life, everything we need to know in life, you know everything about everything. And today, Father, we are purposing to get all we need to know about our future and what you want for us. We're getting it from you, from you personally, like we never have before. Thank you, Father. Every distraction being removed from each one of our lives today in the name of Jesus. Anything distracting us from hearing and connecting with you, I declare that those distractions are removed. All revelation that is there inside of us begin to come out of us in a great supernatural way. Thank you, Father, for the sick being healed. Father, people that have been without and been in lack and been poor and been down and cast down and pressed down, all of that be lifted off of their lives in the name of Jesus. That you've anointed us to be free, and then you've anointed us to help others be free. Thank you for this great commission. We embrace it. We receive it, and we declare that the devil is defeated and that Jesus Christ is Lord and nothing else will be our focus in the days ahead. Jesus is Lord. His name is above every name. He's on top and not underneath, and we're with him. Ephesians 2 says we're actually seated with him at his right hand. Thank you, Father everything that you've promised. Thank you today as we're commissioned to see signs follow as we believe. And everybody said, amen and amen and amen. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.